Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Finnamore, owner of WorkFitMe, Mobile Concierge Physical Therapy. The goal of this podcast is to help busy Maine professionals attain the mental, emotional, and physical strength necessary to fulfill their true purpose in life. I have a passion for sharing my true purpose with others. Join me as I discuss holistic health and wellness tips with my friends, colleagues, and even heroes and mentors to help you strengthen your true purpose in life. Let's go. Welcome in. Thank you all again for listening to the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. Want to thank you so much for listening last week. Want to thank you so much for listening right now. And thank you in advance for listening next week. Uh, Listen, watch whatever you're doing. (laughs) I appreciate it. I really appreciate the support. Now, normally when I have a guest on, I go through a big bio and really like hype them up and all that stuff. And not that I don't want to hype this guy up, but if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard him before, you know him, the man that needs no introduction, (laughs) co-host Josh Jewett of Strength of Purpose. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Phil, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah, you are welcome anytime, my friend, anytime. All the listeners out there will recognize the dulcet tones of Josh Jewett coming through the <laughs> coming through the headphones this week. So it's it's great to have you back on. Wanted to have you back on because you and I have been chatting about people that we're working with mutually, that we're helping yeah. mutually get where they want to be. And you're doing something that as not only as a physical therapist, but also a former athlete, main high school athlete, was not something that was a big focus. And mm-hmm. I maybe attributed a little bit of that. And this was as I got older, I might maybe attributed a little bit of that to, you know, I was in a smaller school, not as many resources, not as huge of a focus on the athletic department, things like that. Sure. But even working down here in this area now, there are schools that do this type of stuff in the off season and have partnered yep. up with certain performance facilities for off season training, yep. but in season training, specifically weight you know, stability, power training, things like that is really not a thing unless it's really specific to your sport, like maybe wrestling or track and field or something like that, where it's it's a part of your practice. But things like football, soccer, field hockey, hockey, baseball, softball, those sports where lifting isn't, well, football, it kind of is. So I'm surprised more of them don't do it, but, but right. Yeah. Sports, sports where lifting is really not a part of what you put your body through to practice the mm-hmm. sport aren't doing some of it. So you are actually doing some of it. So talk to us a little bit about how you fell on that and why you felt it's so important to try to get more people in the greater Portland area doing some of that. Yeah, no, uh, de- definitely. And I think it gets, it gets kind of put into the same box. Sometimes people, people will train exactly how they're playing the sport, even during the season and they get burned out. Um, mm-hmm. So how I take it is I take more of the strength training and forget the rest. I know, and I'll explain too. So they're already playing a dynamic sport like football, or I train hockey players too. It's a very Mm -hmm. dynamic sport. They practice two or three times a week. So they're getting a lot of that, the plyometric work, the conditioning work. So I try Mm -hmm. to work on things like mobility, right? So when they come in and they're super tight, I mean, like hockey players that I work with, they're all bent over all the time. So they get tight hips. We loosen them up. We get them to do um, some simple strength stuff. And by simple, I don't mean we don't push a little bit to get stronger, but we we stay in the safety zone of mm. 
that's a little too much. Let's back off. Right. So, sure. yeah. So we want to maintain what they've made, but we don't want to cross that bridge of breaking them down. So right. I go with things like easy strength. So we get them warmed up. I have them do a couple sets of a, of a specific strength exercise. Yeah. And then we do a five, three, one protocol, which is five reps at whatever percentage uh, that they're using. And then they go down to three and then one on their last one. So it's really easy. It's quick to get through. Yeah. And believe it or not, you can build really good strength with it because you're, it's okay to add a little bit more frequency because mm. the volume and intensity aren't high. Right. Uh, whereas the off season, we may do bouts of, you know, six weeks of, of a little bit more of an intense uh, strength training protocol with, with plyo and conditioning all grouped into one, uh, one, one hour session. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah. it's dial. It's really dialing it down to the, the basics, right? You've got a hinge, mm. you've got a squat, you've got a lunge, you've got a, a horizontal pull, a vertical pull mm. and some kind of a push. And it doesn't have to be a bench press. It can be a, a shoulder press or even like a landmine press, which is sort of in between the two, you know? And, and so that's kind of how I look at it. You just, you pick, pick a movement pattern and you just challenge them enough to keep whatever they've gained in the off season with them throughout the season. Yeah. I think that's really key because like you said, it's not at a frequency or at an intensity that is going to wear them out and not allow them right. to practice and play at the level of performance that they need to practice and play at in their sport. But yeah. it does allow for an increase in volume which is going to help them at a minimum maintain. But in a lot of cases with these student athletes, especially at that high school level, where even some of the programs don't have them doing off season lifting and training, right? Some do, right. Some, some don't. Yep. And the folks that are really only practicing for their sport, even if they play multiple sports, probably aren't strength and endurance training at enough volume to increase strength and muscle mass. And with right. what you described, those athletes are going to increase their physical strength, but also mass in that muscle because of the way that you have those workouts structured in that pyramid structure that you, you talked about. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's a combination of things too. Yes, we want to try to uh, at least keep their lean mass, um, mm. but a lot of times my athletes will they'll lose some weight during the season because they're so they're on this crazy schedule, they're school, right. they're, they've got practices, they're just on the go all the time. So the caloric load isn't sufficient enough. In my opinion, I think they mm -hmm. should be adding, you know, three, 400 calories a day if right. they could. Um, and then they come in and train. So we have to really be cognizant of, of that type of thing too. And, and make sure that when they come in, I'm asking them questions. How are you feeling today? Mm -hmm. How's practice last night? When's your next game? And then they don't realize what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm, I'm tallying up all the things that may affect them for this mm. particular training session. Right. Um, so each training session could be completely different. So like I have plan A, mm -hmm. plan B, plan C, you know, like it, it just in my head rolling around to make sure that we get them. Um, mm. But yeah, we definitely want to, um, the goal is always to build more muscle. Right. Um, but what I've, what I've found as sort of like a, like a bridge is just getting them way stronger. Even if they don't gain a little bit of muscle mass, they'll gain like central nervous system strength, right? Like yeah. that real, like that one rep max lift. Mm. It may not be, it may not be great for like the endurance side of it, but we're at least, 
you know, getting them used to carrying the heavier load. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're 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 training their body in movement patterns that are going to translate well into the movements they have to do for their sport. You know? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar in you know the 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 people you you know the average population, right? The the people that mm-hmm. aren't aren't playing a sport. You're training them for life, right? When you do a squat, yeah. a deadlift, or a lunge we use those things in everyday life to pick things up off the floor, like our kids or the groceries or reach down to get something underneath the table or what that fell or whatever the case might be. So you're just able to retrain the way the body talks to those muscles and the way the body handles those movement patterns, but under more load, right? So they're under more load. So they're stronger, safer, and their body's more resilient to the load that's being placed on them either in life or in this situation, in their sport through practice or in-game competition. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It does. The same goes for general pop. I mean, I don't just tell, ask my athletes how they're doing. I ask everybody, how are you feeling this morning? Because the the program that I have written down may not be suitable for them on that particular day. They may be sore. They may have fallen off their horse or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. have a mutual one on that one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, no, but that that's a but that's a prime example. It's a yeah. prime example. I had this thing where we're gonna work on XYZ and they come in and they're and they're not feeling good. So it's like, okay, well, let's start with some breathing, let's start with some mobility, stretching and sure and uh, you know, get them get their get their body kind of a little bit more relaxed before we mm. do anything. And chances are I'm not gonna do anything punishing. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but, but even, even my high school kids, I'll push them, but you have to make sure that the athlete is uh, not broken down. So when they leave, they're mm. not falling asleep in their car. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. they're not like they sitting in my driveway, just like, Oh my God, I can't move. Like, that's, right, right. that's totally the opposite of what we want to do. We want them to have a, like a little jump in their staff um, right. when they go play that night or the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Work work them, work them, but don't drive them into the ground because the programming, the in-season programming that you're doing is really meant to sort of like subsidize the sport specific Mm -hmm. work that they're, that they're doing and make that better, not take away from it. And if we, yeah, it's supposed to augment, you know? Right. And if we overload that system, we're no longer making their practice and and in-game performance better right? We're, yep. we're potentially setting them up for injury because they're too tired to move the right way. Right. Yeah. So what you're doing is really meant for injury prevention, not, right. yeah. yep. not setting them up to overload the tissue and, and cause. Right. Injuries. Yeah. Uh, yeah, completely. And, and, you know, I've seen some kids in the district that they're, they're a mess and mm. they're expecting, expecting to change their, their 40 meter dash or their ability to hit somebody hard up front, but they can't mm. even do a half kneeling hold with no weight on a half foam roller like a balance right. they're so unstable yeah and and but then they're expecting like well i want to do all the hard stuff <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so there was you know there were a few that i was just like biting my nails when they went to play football this year i'm just like, okay, please please hope you're okay right, um, right. <laughs> i try you know you try to do your best for them and you're like man i just i don't think you should be lifting that load i, I let's let's back off and Right. Yeah. So right. it's it's towing the line, but then in season with kids like those, it'd be even more important to have them here. Yeah. Just to keep them going with that type of stuff as they're playing, and and a few of them they weren't having a lot of game time, mm. but still, you know, they hit a lot in practice and they yeah. had tackling drills and stuff. So right. In, in Maine, the numbers in sports in general are so small that you have yeah. to 
you have to have, especially in a sport like football, in order to be safe in the game, believe it or not, people listening to this might be like, why do you have to hit more in practice? And it's, it's so that you're safe in the game, because if you don't play right. hard enough in the game, you're actually setting yourself up for injury. Because if the person across from you is playing hard and hitting hard, you need to be able to do the same thing to protect yourself, believe it or not. Right. It's actually a protective, yeah. it's actually a protective mechanism, but yeah, I mean, regardless of in-game play, all of those kids, like you said, are practicing. And yeah. we were actually just talking about this before we recorded the episode here that kids in general, this isn't just athletes or people in Maine or anything kids in general between the ages of like 12 and 17 grow so much. And the coordination of that growth doesn't grow at the same rate because in order for it to grow, you actually have to train it right now right. For, for, for some people it does, right. They're those natural athletes, right. Who, yep. who don't have to train it to be really good at it. But yep. at that age level, if they did train it and they're naturally good at it, they'd be great at it. Right. Like you're going to, you're going to yeah. take them to like the, the, the great level, like the, you know, looking to play at the next level level, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, for but, sure. But in general kids in that age range do need some help from an injury prevention standpoint yeah. on that coordination and stability in order to just avoid getting hurt in an athletic situation. Yeah, you're right. And, and to your point, um, I've actually given people, uh, some of the kids, uh, FMS, like after a two week period, cause I, I would do one and then everything would be fine. And then all of a sudden it may, it may be even a month down the road, man, you, you were able to nail that a few weeks ago, but they have a freaking growth spurt. Right. You know, but I don't, I don't see it because I'm around them a lot. And right, you right. know what I mean? So then all of a sudden they can't do this single leg move that they've been killing mm. on it. And it, it just happens quick like that too yep. with puberty and just growth spurts and everything. So yeah. yeah, you really have to, you have to keep down. That's when you just back off and you just work on that baseline, baseline strength again and balance and symmetry. Yeah. So with this in season training, cause I know before this sort of fall season, you have been working, like you said, in season and in off season with a with yep. a small group of hockey players. I know you and I have talked about this a little bit in that group of people and some of the football players you worked with going into into season. What have they reported? And as a personal trainer, what have you seen as the major benefits of them doing an in season training program with a more rigorous off-season program and then flowing into a new season what are some of those what are some of those trends that that you've seen and, and what are some of the biggest benefits that they've gotten out of that yeah one of my hockey players has just uh he just he went into training camp for a i want to say it's like a, a tier two team mm-hmm. he was playing for up in augusta and just smashing everybody um mm-hmm. he's just way out ahead getting the drills done way faster than everybody his conditioning was ridiculous yeah um he felt stronger on the puck you know he just felt like physically he could he could handle more even the even the other some of the other coaches that he's that he's played with before notice a huge difference uh yeah. no more love handles right right he's you know i call him i'm like dude you're 148 pounds of raw iron yeah right? yeah <laughs> we, we put on uh, over this past summer i think we put on about eight or nine muscle uh pounds of muscle on him his, his body fat percentage dropped significantly mm. um and then the other one that we work with mutually you know he's other than his lower body issues that we're dealing with, his upper body is a freak. He does 20 mm. pull-ups, 
you know, his deadlift, uh, bilateral deadlift is pretty damn good, you know, but just, yeah, I mean, they, they just report that they have way more energy. They can put out more. They recover fast. So when they mm. go on the bench, sit down, get a drink of water, their heart rate comes down faster than the other kids that aren't doing the important hard work in the off season because that right. matters. Yeah. When you're t- so I tell, I tell this kid, I'm like, look, you put in the work in the off season. And then when you get into season, you're not exhausted in your practices. You right. can retain, you can work on the skills that you need to get better than everybody else yeah. because you're not sucking wind. That mental clarity, the, dri- the mental clarity. Yeah. You're not yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God, so starved of oxygen. Mm. Um, and then not only that, but you're going to be able to, other team will look at you and be like, oh, he's only 150 pounds. Let's roll over him. But when they hit you, you're so freaking strong. This particular kid went from 115-pound deadlift to a 370-pound deadlift since he's been working holy, with me. Holy cow. Yeah. So it's a freak thing. And really using a very waving periodization with it. Mm. So, I mean, one week we will work, you know, a certain rep range. Next week it's totally different. So I've... I'm, and he's been kind of a science project for me sure. and, uh, and it's, it's been amazing, but yeah, he just sees, sees a lot of different stuff. Now the football players, on the other hand, um, <laughs> I got two, two young kids, both of them freshmen and both, you know, one had an Achilles issue. I think it's called, uh, Seavers. It was a tough go. Um, he had a hard time even doing a half meal, just yeah. a real, real hard time. You know, he, he struggled and he's actually injured. He, something happened to, I believe something happened to his knee, oh. um, which, you know, which in a way it's, it was almost predictable. Sure. And I feel bad. I want to, I want to work with him once he's healed up too in the off season uh, yeah. for next year, like start now. Cause sure. I got him maybe like six weeks before ah. and I was um, the whole time I'm going, Oh my God, please. Cause he's a good friend of mine's son. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, I, I hope, I hope I did at least something to help him get a little bit better. Oh, the yeah. other kid was making pretty good gains. Um, his stability had gotten better. Um, I haven't heard much, much from him or his parents since he started playing, but mm. um, he made a lot of improvements, but it was the, the lifestyle for him. Uh, mm. His parents and him were always on the go, always, never yeah. stop. That's tough. So his sleep, his sleep hygiene was tough. Mm. I don't know how his nutrition was nailed down. Sure. Um, so, so you know, there were some tough things with that. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, Phil, I had a soccer player, the first soccer player I've worked with. Mm. Um, we worked on stability, some plyometrics. Uh, worked on symmetry, trying to get his left and right uh, mm. working and functioning well. And conditioning. And when mm-hmm. that kid went to his first practice, everybody was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who's yeah. this kid? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just, he was on the ball all the time. He was, he was cutting better. He was sprinting better. His running mm. mechanics were better. Yeah, that, that performance enhancement matters. And for a couple reasons. One, because of injury, especially in a contact sport like hockey and football, we talked about you have to match the level of intensity that you're playing against because it can be dangerous. Oh if you're holding back or you're a lot less physically able to produce that force and power against your opponent than the force and power they're putting on you. But even in a situation like soccer, that stability you talked about, soccer players are notorious, more so in female soccer players for a few different reasons, most of which is anatomy. They can't do anything about it. But but the stability helps a lot with this. Uh, ACL tears are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people see them a lot in football, sure, but that's because here in the United States, soccer isn't 
prevalent, right? It's not popular. Right. Stuff like that happens, especially in women's soccer, a lot. And yeah. having that stability, that lateral stability and the, and the ability sure. to control the body better and jumping motions and things like that go a long way in injury prevention. So as a parent, you look at that like, great, my kid's going to feel better. But then yeah. from, the, from the student athlete's perspective and from the parent's perspective, your kid's going to get a lot more enjoyment and fulfillment out of that yeah. level of performance because they're going to be playing so much better not necessarily because they got better at the skills of the game, but they can yep. physically handle the game a lot better than the people around them, which will then enhance their skills a little bit more. Yeah. And another point I thought of while you were talking about that, like that mental clarity piece we talked about with the, with sure. the hockey, especially with the hockey players. You now it's yep. true for football too, but hockey and soccer, this is really true because it's such an endurance sport. Sure. When you and I talked with Jesse Lebrecht of American Ninja Warrior, yeah one of the big points we brought up is at that level, right? Which is a professional level of athletics, right? I mean, she's, yep. a, she's a professional athlete. Yep. The, the difference in the most physically able person and the least physically able person is not that big, right? It's like the, the, the difference in physical capabilities isn't that big, but yep. the gap between the most mentally strong and mentally prepared and the least mentally yep. strong and mentally prepared is massive. And massive yeah that is what makes the difference between a good or below average professional level athlete and a great one is what's what's yeah. going on it's what's going on between the ears so if sure. phys- if physically you're at your peak condition that you absolutely can be at you're less likely to get injured you're performing physically better that automatically boosts your psychological component of your game sure Right. I think and so. and yeah. allows you to focus on the mental game itself, the mental game yeah. of the game that you play, which is going to make you who knows how much better than your competition, especially at a high school level, especially at a high school right. level. I firmly believe that if high school athletes did more in season physical training, which is more than yeah. just like running and some right. squats and stuff like that, um, some plyometrics that they would be significantly better at what they do and so much less likely to have silly injuries keep holding them back yeah oh i i totally agree i totally agree and yeah again like we talked it doesn't have to be a crazy crazy frequency actually i was reading a uh, research about hypertrophy it's Mm. hard to build muscle yeah but it's it's even it's less less difficult to maintain it Mm. right so you spend all this time working out and you're building biceps and chest right you're building all these muscles and you get yourself all jacked well during (laughs) the season as long as you you know protein is equated Mm -hmm. and you know carbohydrates whatever you're you're following a a decent diet um you can do a lot less frequency and actually a lot less like intensity too to maintain that muscle yeah. So, I mean, even if you're just doing something, I'm not saying go through the motions. I mean, you want to, you want to physically work hard, but right. uh, you don't have to kill yourself. You right. know? So that's just, that's a testament too to the, to keeping some sort of a program going during whatever season you're playing, whether it's hockey or football or yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Something to keep your body from degrading. Mm. Yeah. Once or twice a week. Right. I mean, that's really all you, yeah. that's really all you need to maintain yeah. is once or at the right volume of training. Yeah. Once or once or twice a sure. week is really all you need. Yeah. No, that's, yep. that's great. That's fantastic. So if someone is in someone and anyone out there listening, even if you aren't an athlete, 
right? <laughs> Even right. if you're not an athlete, some of these things still apply to just day-to-day life. But whether you're a parent of an athlete and you want to work out with your athlete, or whether you're a person who just wants to get better at the sport of life, or whether you want right. your, your student athlete to get better at their their game. Uh, this is this in-season training and this functional type of training that Josh is talking about is great. So Josh, how do people get a hold of you specifically about what you offer for the in-season training, the functional training and all that stuff? How do people get a hold of you and take advantage of that? Yeah, sure. The best way is to go to my Facebook page, Strength of Purpose. You can message me through there. I also have a Instagram page. It's Strength of Purpose 207 at Strength of Purpose 207. Uh, you can DM me through either one of them. That would be fine too. Um, I'm open six days a week now. So Monday through Saturday, I keep extended hours on Saturday for any sort of in-season training or just gen pop. Like anybody wants to come and work with me. So Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays are open people. Great. Well, I hope everyone hears that and takes advantage of it because I think it's a, an incredible opportunity. Time is always a factor and a potential barrier. But I can tell you from personal experience as a high school athlete who suffered multiple injuries, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> but <laughs> but as, a, as a high school athlete yep. that suffered those injuries, uh, having getting toted around to medical appointments that you have no choice but to go to because mm-hmm. you're injured is a lot more of a hassle than making one or two training sessions with someone like Josh to uh, not only prevent you, yeah. protect you from some injury, but also increase your physical performance within your sport. That is going to yeah. be significantly noticeable compared to your peers in the competition. So I, I hope everyone takes advantage of that, Josh. Yeah. And it's super fun too. You know, I try to make yeah. it fun and we have oh, a good yeah. time and, you know, and people just have to embrace the, uh, they have to embrace the process, you know, give mm. it some time. It doesn't happen. You know, you, you're not going to increase your 40 by 10 seconds in a week. So. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Go we'd easy all, killer. We'd, right. We'd all, we'd all, we'd all love to, but that's just not how the body, the human body works. Right. So, well, fantastic. Thanks. This is uh, always fun to talk a little shop, but also get a lot of good information out to people about how this can help them and, and do what we're trying to do here on this podcast since the start of it, strengthen people's true purpose in life. Right. So, yes, sir. so thanks again, Josh, for coming on. I really appreciate it as always, of course, man, anytime. And, and as always, everyone out there listening, if you found value in this, or you know, someone that could, could benefit from the information here, or you think you should reach out to Josh, please be a friend and tell a friend, share this episode with someone who will find as much value in it as you did. No matter where you're listening or watching, please subscribe, rate, review, download so that you always know when the episodes drop every Wednesday and you can make sure that you are continuing to get all this great content from all these great guests that I love learning from and love and love talking to. (laughs) And I'm so happy to share it, share it with you all. So thank you all again for listening and we will see you next time on the strength for your purpose podcast. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you. Bye.